We think of Muslims as being militant. Many are, but most Muslims are not militant. Most Muslims are not militant. Islam means submission. Islam means submission, and the Muslim is supposed to be. Muslim means the one who submits. And so what it means, Islam means submission to Allah, submission to God, and Muslim means is supposed to mean the one who submits to Allah or God. Now, a brief history of Islam. A brief history of Islam. Islam was founded by Muhammad. Founded by Muhammad, who was born in 570 A.D. in Mecca, Arabia. Islam was founded by Muhammad, who was born in 570 A.D. in Mecca, Arabia. Now, Muhammad's father died before Muhammad was born. Muhammad's father died before Muhammad was born, and his mother died before he was seven. His mother died before he was seven. Now, he suffered from fits during his youth. He suffered from fits during his youth. That's much like, I believe it was Mary Baker Eddy who suffered from fits during her youth, the one who founded Christian Science. But Muhammad lived a sad early life. His father died before he was born. Muhammad was born in 570 A.D. in Mecca, Arabia. His mother died before he was seven. And Muhammad suffered from fits during his youth. He hated the polytheism and the superstitions of Mecca. He hated the polytheism, that's the worship of many gods, and the superstitions of Mecca. And he began to study Judaism and Christianity. He began to study Judaism and Christianity. He himself was a monotheist. Muhammad was a monotheist. He believed in the existence of only one God. He referred to God as Allah. Allah. A-L-L-A-H. So he was a monotheist. He believed in only one God. He referred to God as Allah. Now Muhammad supposedly had his first vision at the age of 40. At the age of 40, he had his first vision. He then received several visions which he recorded in the Quran, K-O-R-A-N, the Quran, the Muslim holy book authored by Muhammad. So he received his first vision at age 40, and he received several visions, received several visions which he recorded in the Quran. Now, at first, he thought he was possessed by demons. At first, he thought he was possessed by demons and being visited by demons, but he later changed his mind. 
So at first Muhammad thought he was possessed by demons, but he later changed his mind. From a Christian perspective, there is a good possibility, a strong possibility, that Muhammad did not make up the visions that he supposedly received. There is a very strong possibility that he was actually visited by spirit beings, but that these spirit beings were demons. And so Muhammad may have been right when he at first thought he was possessed by demons, but later changed his mind. He may have been right, he may have been possessed, or at least visited by demons. Supposedly, God told Muhammad in a vision that he was God's apostle or God's messenger. So Muhammad reported that God told him in a vision that he was God's messenger. Now Muhammad was rejected in his home city of Mecca. Muhammad was rejected at Mecca and so he went to Medina. He was rejected at Mecca and so he went to Medina. Now Muhammad's flight to Medina is referred to as the Hijira or the Hijira call it that. No sense in trying to pronounce words that I have a hard time pronouncing. The Hijira, H-I-J-I-R-A. Muhammad's flight to Medina. Got, gathered a following there and Muhammad eventually returned to Mecca and militarily conquered it. Muhammad returned to Mecca and militarily conquered it. Now his goal, Muhammad's goal, was to unify, was to unify the Arab tribes under Allah's rule, Allah's rule. His goal was to unify the Arab tribes under Allah's rule. And his purpose was to bring them from polytheism, the worship of many gods, to monotheism, the worship of one god, the god Allah. So Muhammad's goal was to unify the Arab tribes under Allah's rule. Now Muhammad died in 632 AD without picking his successor. Muhammad died in 632 AD without picking his successor. And because of this, much division arose. Many self-proclaimed appointed leaders, appointed successors of Muhammad began to stand up and say that Muhammad passed the torch on to me, follow me. But Muhammad died in 632 A.D. without picking his successor. And because of this, division arose. So what we've covered so far is that Islam is the world's fastest growing religion. At the time of my research, there was 400 and 450 million members. It's probably over 500 million at this time. Most Muslims are not militant. Islam means submission. Muslim means the one who submits to God or to Allah. History, it was founded by Muhammad. It was born in 570 A.D. in Mecca, Arabia. 
father died before he was born his mother died when he was seven he suffered from fits during his youth he hated the polytheism and superstitions of mecca and he studied judaism and christianity he was a monotheist he believed in only one god who he referred to as allah and he had his first vision at age 40. in fact he received several visions and recorded them in the quran the muslim holy book at first he thought he was possessed by demons but later changed his mind he reported that god told him in a vision that he was god's apostle but muhammad was rejected at mecca and so he went to medina muhammad's flight to medina is called the hijara muhammad returned to mecca later on and conquered it his goal was to unify the arab tribes under allah's rule and muhammad died in 632 a.d without picking his successor and because of that division arose now most of islam most of the muslims are called the the sunnis the sunnis s-u-n-n-i-s that is they are the followers of the prophet's way they are the followers of the prophet's way so most of islam is referred to as the sunnis the followers of the prophet's way they still follow the teachings of muhammad but then there's the shia s h i apostrophe a the shia also referred to as shiite muslims shiite muslims now their belief these are different than the sunnis the shiite muslims s-h-i apostrophe i-t-e the shiite muslims believe that their leader speaks for god they believe that their leader is the mouthpiece of god he kind of has what is similar to papal infallibility of the pope that's the authority that they see their leaders as having their leader speaks for god into the shiite muslims they are the minority of muslims they're not all muslims not most muslims but the minority of muslims and they are militant muslims militant muslims you'll also often see them using terrorism to attain their goals so that's the shia the shiite muslims the leader speaks for god they're militant their leader leader is called the ayatollah the ayatollah a-y-a-t-o-l-l-a-h the ayatollah remember in iran it was the ayatollah khomeini the ayatollah khomeini in iran the shiite muslims believe that the ayatollah khomeini their leader speaks for god they're militant and the ayatollah khomeini can call a jihad a jihad j-i-h-a-d a jihad which is a holy war a holy war called by shiite muslims a holy war called by shiite muslims now it's the belief that muslims are not to partake of alcohol 
or partake in sexual immorality, yet if you die as a martyr in a jihad or holy war, you get ushered into an eternal orgy in heaven, an eternal drunken orgy, where there's nothing but drinking and, and sex with uh, uh, spirit ladies, apparently. Now, that may be the reason why you see so many young Shiite Muslim men being willing to kill themselves in terrorist acts. But the Shiite Muslims, the leader speaks for God, they are militant. Their leader is called the Ayatollah, like in Iran, the Ayatollah Khomeini. And he can call a jihad a holy war called by Shiite Muslims. Then there's the Sufis, the Sufis, S-U-F-I-S. These are Islamic mystics, Islamic mystics. The Sufis are Islamic mystics. You see, they seek personal experiences of God. They're not looking as much into the Quran as some of the other Muslims. Instead, they seek personal experiences of God. Rather than stressing the study of doctrine taught by Muhammad in the Quran, they stress seeking personal religious experiences with God. Now the Islamic faith and nationalism, the Islamic faith and nationalism have led many Arabs to despise Israel. The Islamic faith and nationalism have led many Arabs to despise Israel. Because of this you have much terrorism done by Iran or the PLO, the Palestine Liberation Organization, who wants uh, a portion of the land of Israel for themselves. Many Arabs want the Holy Land. Many Arabs want the Holy Land. In fact, in Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, the Dome of the Rock stands either where the Jewish Temple once was, the Dome of the Rock, by the way, is one of the holiest uh, Muslim places, one of the most famous Muslim holy places, but the Dome of the Rock stands either where the Jewish Temple once was or right next to where the Jewish temple uh, used to be. And many Jews would like to see the Dome of the Rock knocked down. Many Arabs uh, would like to see the Jewish temple never rebuilt. But the Islamic faith and nationalism have led many Arabs to despise Israel. Again, most Muslims are not terrorists. Most, mother, mo most Muslims are not militant. So the Shiite Muslims are militant uh, and often called jihads, holy wars. Uh, most Muslims are Sunnis, followers of the Prophet's way, followers of Muhammad's writings in the Quran, and they're not, they don't tend to be Shiite Muslims or Sufis, the Islamic mystics. Although Muhammad himself did use violence, he would witness uh, at the point of a sword if he felt that was necessary. 
Now their doctrine, the doctrine of, of the Islamic faith is found in the Quran. The Quran or the Quran. The Quran is the word of God to the Muslim. It is their scriptures. It was written by Muhammad. Now the Bible says in Jude 3, it tells us to contend earnestly for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. In other words, there shouldn't be additions to the Bible. There shouldn't be something that comes 500 years after the Bible was written that will be added on to the scriptures. But that's exactly what the Quran is supposed to be. Uh, it's supposed to complete the Christian faith, the fulfillment of the Christian faith. Proverbs chapter 30 verses 5 and 6 reads, Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And do not add to his word lest you be proved a liar. And Muhammad has added to the word of God. The Revelation, the final chapter, adds warnings not to add to the word of God or not to take from the word of God. And Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 tells us that the Christian faith, the Christian church, is based upon the teachings of the apostles and the prophets, Christ himself being the chief cornerstone rather than uh, continuing revelation. Now there are five articles of faith among the Muslims. Five articles of faith. The first one is that there is only one God. There is only one God and his name is Allah. There is only one God and his name is Allah. Now interesting, interesting enough, interestingly enough, Allah, the only one God, he is the source of both good and evil. He is the source of both good and evil. The second article of faith, first article of faith is only one God. His name is Allah. He is the source of both good and evil. The second article of faith is the existence of angels and jinn. The existence of angels and jinn, J-I-N-N. The jinn are some type of spirit beings between angels and men. Some type of beings between angels and men. The third article of faith for Islam is their inspired books. The books that are inspired by God. There is the Torah of Moses. The Torah of Moses, often referred to as the Pentateuch. The first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So the inspired books, the Torah of Moses, the Psalms of David. The Psalms of David. The Gospels of Christ. 
the Gospels of Christ. But added to the inspired books of the Torah of Moses, the Psalms of David, the Gospels of Christ, added to these are the Quran, which is God's final and most authoritative word to man. Let me repeat that. Although Muhammad teaches that the Torah of Moses, the Psalms of David, and the Gospel of Christ are inspired books, inspired by God. He teaches that the Quran, written by Muhammad, is God's final and most authoritative word to man. And so if there's a disagreement between the Bible and the Quran, the Quran is to be held to and the Bible is to be rejected because the Quran is God's final and most authoritative word to man. Yeah, we saw in Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God is flawless. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. But every word of God is flawless. It has been tested. Apparently, Muhammad disagrees and says that the Quran is God's final and most authoritative word to man. The fourth article of faith. Remember, we're dealing with five articles of faith and the doctrine of Islam, the doctrine of the Muslims. We stated first that the, the Quran is the word of God, it's the scriptures. We talk about the five articles of faith. First, there's only one God, his name is Allah, he's the source of both good and evil. Two, the existence of angels and jinn, jinn being uh, between angels and men. Then the inspired books, the Torah of Moses, the Psalms of David, the Gospel of Christ, and the Quran, which is God's final and most authoritative word to man. And then the fourth article of faith are the six greatest prophets. The six greatest prophets, the six greatest spokesmen for God. And they are as follows. Adam, according to Islam, the six greatest prophets, the six greatest spokesmen for God. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and guess who? Muhammad. The six greatest prophets, the six greatest spokesmen for God, Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus and Muhammad. And of course, Muhammad says in this article of faith that Muhammad himself is the greatest. Muhammad is the greatest. In fact, Muhammad often referred to himself as the comforter of John chapters 14 to 16. Jesus said that he would go away, but another comforter would come. Muhammad claims to have been that comforter. Of course, the scriptures teach very clearly in John chapter 14, verse 26, that the comforter is the Holy Spirit and not Muhammad. So the fourth article of faith, the six greatest prophets, the six greatest spokesmen for God, Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad, 
and Muhammad is the greatest. He's the comforter that Jesus promised would come in John chapters 14 to 16. And five, the fifth article of faith, the last days, in the last days, there will be a time of resurrection and judgment. In the last days, a time of resurrection and judgment. Heaven will be for those who obey Allah and Muhammad. Heaven will be for those who obey Allah and Muhammad. Whereas hell, whereas hell would be a place of torment. Hell would be a place of torment for those who oppose Allah and Muhammad. And so we see in these last days that those who oppose him would be tormented who oppose Allah and the teachings of Muhammad would be uh, sent to hell, the place of eternal torment. Now again, heaven is a place of pleasure. Heaven is a place of pleasure and it is described, apparently I may have been mistaken that it's not only the Shiite Muslims who believe that just uh, uh, martyrs in a jihad, a holy war will go there, but apparently uh, heaven is a place, it's a place of paradise and pleasure where men will recline on soft couches, drinking cups of wine handed to them by maidens of paradise, and each man could marry as many as he pleases. That is what supposedly awaits those who obey Allah and Muhammad a paradise, which is nothing less than a drunken orgy, whereas hell, a place of torment, awaits those who oppose Allah and Muhammad. So that's the five articles of faith, that there is only one God, his name is Allah, and he's the source of both good and evil. The existence of angels and jinn, jinn are between angels and men, the inspired books, uh, much of the Bible, plus the Quran, which is God's final and most authoritative word to man, the six greatest prophets, Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad, Muhammad being the greatest, the comforter of John chapters 14 to 16, and the last days of time of resurrection and judgment, heaven for those who obey Allah and Muhammad, a uh, paradise of drunken orgy, and hell, a place of torment for those who oppose Allah and Muhammad. Now besides the five articles of faith, they also, Muhammad also taught the five pillars of faith. Five pillars of faith. What are the five pillars of faith? The five pillars of faith are the five duties that every Muslim must observe. Let me repeat that. The five pillars of faith are the five duties that every Muslim must observe. 
Pillar number one is the creed. The creed. It must be said in public to become a Muslim. The creed. It must be said in public to become a Muslim. And it is as, as follows. There is no God but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. I repeat that the creed which must be said in public to become a Muslim is there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. Number two, the second pillar of faith is the prayer. Is prayer. The Muslim must pray five times a day. The Muslim must pray five times a day. He must recite prescribed prayers facing Mecca. A Muslim must pray five times a day and recite prescribed prayers facing Mecca. The third pillar of faith is almsgiving. Almsgiving. Giving of alms. One-fortieth of a Muslim's income must be given to charity. One-fortieth of a Muslim's income must be given to charity. The fourth pillar of faith is fasting. From sunrise to sunset, during the holy month, Muslims fast. Fasting from sunrise to sunset during the holy month, Muslims fast. And the fifth pillar of faith is the pilgrimage. The pilgrimage. Once in a lifetime, a Muslim is to go to Mecca. The pilgrimage, at least once in a lifetime, a Muslim is to go to Mecca and he's to go to the mosque and to kiss the black stone. Once in a lifetime, a Muslim is to make a pilgrimage. He is to go to Mecca, to make a pilgrimage to Mecca once in a lifetime and go to the mosque there and kiss the black stone. Some of the other teachings of the Muslims that are obviously anti-biblical is that God is one person. This denies the doctrine of the Trinity. Remember when we taught basic Christian beliefs? Go review that lecture if you need to. The Bible teaches there is only one God. The Bible calls the Father God, the Son God, and the Holy Spirit God. And then the Bible says they are three separate persons. So the doctrine of the Trinity teaches there is only one God, but in the unity of this one God, there are three co-equal and co-eternal persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the doctrine of the Trinity. That's denied by the Muslims. The Muslims teach that God is only one person. The Muslims also teach that Jesus is not God. Jesus is not God, and he did not rise from the dead. Jesus is not God, and he did not rise from the dead. The Muslims teach God is one person, they deny the Trinity, and they teach Jesus is not God, he did not rise from the dead. They also teach that Jesus was not crucified. Jesus was not crucified. That was taught by Muhammad himself. Later Muslims thought that it was Judas who was crucified in his place. 
So they teach Jesus was not crucified, Judas was crucified in his place. So Jesus could not die, for the, did not die for the sins of mankind. Jesus did not die for the sins of mankind. Muhammad taught that Jesus was a sinless prophet. Jesus was a sinless prophet, but not as great as Muhammad. Muhammad taught Jesus was a sinless prophet, but was not as great as Muhammad. Since Muslims teach that man can be saved through his own effort and obedience to Allah and to Allah's prophet Muhammad, they teach that man is sinful in act, man commits sinful acts, but does not have a sinful nature. Man is not sinful in his nature. In other words, man does not need to be born again to be saved. Man can correct his ways and save himself through his own effort and obedience. Obviously, the Bible refutes these teachings of Allah, uh, of Muhammad, that is. Over and over again, they're refuted. In fact, Muhammad, when he wrote the Quran, he repeatedly said, if you don't believe me, go check it out in the holy book. And he was talking about the Christian scriptures. Well, if you don't believe Muhammad, check it out in the scriptures and you won't believe him even more. You'll, you'll find that the Bible refutes his teachings. He taught that Jesus is not God, but the Bible teaches differently. John 1, 1 and verse 14 read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Titus 2.13, the Apostle Paul calls Jesus our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1 calls Jesus Christ our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Thomas, the Apostle Thomas, when he saw Jesus risen from the dead, called him my Lord and my God. The Bible teaches that Jesus is God. He even accepted worship from the wise men, from the blind man that he healed, from his disciples, Jesus Christ claimed to be God and accepted worship. Muhammad taught that Jesus did not rise from the dead. But 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 8, we see that the Apostle Paul disagrees. The Apostle Paul states many of the resurrection appearances of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 8. Then he also states, the Apostle Paul in Romans 10.9, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe that in your, with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, you need to believe that Jesus was risen from the dead and that Jesus is Lord and God in order to be saved. And Muhammad and Islam denies both. Muhammad denied that Jesus died for our sins. But 1 Peter 2.24 and 1 Peter 3.18 teach us that Jesus Christ, the just, died for the unjust and bore in his body our sins as he died in our place as our substitute and took our punishment for us on the cross of Calvary. Truly, as John the Baptist has said, 
Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then Muhammad denied salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. He thought that man could be saved through his own effort and obedience. But in Matthew 19, verses 25 and 26, Jesus Christ's disciples ask him, How can man be saved? Jesus says, This is impossible for man, but all things are possible with God. And then Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Acts 4.12 tells us that there is no other name under heaven by which man could be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. And of course, John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18, teach us that salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. And let me read that. John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 teach us that for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, that no one should boast. So the Bible teaches that salvation comes by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, which is denied by the Muslims. Of course, too, though the Bible teaches that in James 2.26, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. In other words, Christians don't do good works to get saved, but Christians do good works because they are saved. Muhammad taught differently. Muhammad taught you must do good works to get saved. The Bible teaches you can never do enough good works to get saved. None of our works please God. If we're to be saved, it's through God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And then Muhammad taught that he is the comforter that Jesus promised. Jesus promised after he, le after he left earth, he would send another comforter to man. And Muhammad said, I am that comforter. John 14, 26 identifies the comforter as the Holy Spirit, not Muhammad. And in Acts 1, Jesus said, in Acts chapter 1, approximately verses... 5 to 8, Jesus stated that they were not to leave Jerusalem, but not many days from then the Holy Spirit would come upon them. That was on the day of Pentecost, not 500 years later. So that's the biblical reputation of Islam. And I'd like to close this section by talking very briefly about the black Muslims who are much different from Islam. It's actually a... a, a heresy of the Islamic faith rather than being the true Islamic faith. It's an offshoot of it. They teach that Jesus was black. I've heard some Muslims teach that Jesus is black and others teach that he was the white man's God but he's dead and he's not coming back. That was the words of Louis Farrakhan who was kind of the modern day Malcolm X. Malcolm X years ago was the black Muslim leader, now it's Louis Farrakhan. 
But the basic teaching about the nation of Islam, that's what they call themselves, is that the white man has enslaved the black man and has hurt the black man so much that now white men now who never owned slaves owe the black man something and that we should give the blacks in America maybe four or five different states, let them start their own nation of Islam because this is a white man's country, they should be given their own country themselves and then they should be given so many billions of dollars to get them started on their own businesses and then there's the belief that the black race is the superior race they speak highly of Hitler only they, they think that the Hitler had the wrong race thinking that the white Aryan race was the master race they teach that the black race is the master race and uh, that once uh, given a few years the blacks will be able to take the money given to them by the whites and turn their nation into the most prosperous nation on earth and then once they're back on their feet and they're a prosperous nation then maybe they'll decide to fight with the white man and the white man's wars this was why they used Muhammad Ali the then heavyweight champion of the world the black Muslim uh, they used him as a pawn and kept him out from fighting in Vietnam uh, the black Muslim race there uh, is not something that is furthering the cause of harmony between the white and black races instead it is something that is a prejudicial movement uh, I would classify the black Muslims uh, in the same sentence in the same group as the white Aryans though the white Aryans uh, are prejudiced against or whites who are prejudiced against blacks and want to use violence against blacks the black Muslims have repeatedly shown that they are prejudiced against whites and at least expressed the desire to commit violence against whites now Malcolm X said he's against violence except to retaliate in self-defense but then when you get further into his teachings he states that uh, white man the white man initiated it by keeping the blacks as slaves so any violent action taking against uh, whites now should be viewed as self-defense and so there's a lot of difference between the black Muslim faith and the Islamic faith of Muhammad. One further note on Muhammad getting away from the black Muslim faith. One further note on Muhammad. The promised child to Abraham was Isaac, who was born to his wife Sarah, not Ishmael, who was born uh, to his handmaiden Hagar. Abraham had a son through him called Ishmael. Uh, some of the Muslims, some of the Arabs came from Ishmael, and Muhammad taught that from Ishmael came the true sons of the promise, not the Israelites. So he would say that the chosen people are the Arabs and not the Israelites. And of course, this is unfounded by the scriptures. Paul even proves it wrong in Galatians. It's proved wrong in Genesis. Thank you, and God bless you.